Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello and welcome to another edition of Affected by Altitude, a podcast by Purple Row, the Rockies affiliate of SB Nation. I am your host, Skyler Timmons, and I am the Thor in this trio, as I've got my love and thunder here, Evan Lang. Which one of us is love and which one of us is thunder? Uh, this is a very question. You've got first picks now, I guess. Evan, which one do you want to be? Because I personally feel like I'm the love and you're the thunder. I'm down with that. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty go. good breakdown of our personalities. <laughs> and then I guess our love version then is Mac Wilcox, who's also yeah, here. big old warm fuzzy hugs. Look, we're finally all reunited. It's been so long. Reunited, and it will stop for copyright reasons, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's finally back after a couple of toward weeks of all of us being busy. Uh, Mac doing game coverage. And whatnot, me having to sit and work independent baseball games, doubleheaders, which that's that's rough. <laughs> that's rough work. <laughs> it's one thing when you're sitting through a doubleheader, but when it's rough doubleheaders where you're getting blown out, not fun. What were the scores, Skyler? Uh, I can't count that high. That's right. Good answer. <laughs> no, it was rough. Rough indie, rough four game series, or six game series in four days. So, come out and support the Owls anyway, though. They, That's right. They've reached that valley now. They can reach the, the peaks, and whatnot. <coughs> One but hopes. What have you guys been up to since we haven't been reunited as all three of us? Um, like you said, I mostly just been sticking to the game coverages uh, the last few weeks. Um, 
been able to get to go to some of the Rockies games in person um, to cover the games, which has been fantastic. So between that and uh, Denver Fan Expo a couple weeks ago, where I've spent entirely too much money on various pieces of nerd memorabilia, that's pretty much what I've been up to. What about you, Evan? What you been doing? Uh, honestly, a whole lot of nothing. Um, just working and trucking on through the day here. And also, you writing. guys have been the been the ones doing exciting and interesting things here. Well, I don't know, man. You got a pretty in depth pieces you've been working on on like the entirety of the Rockies minor league system. That's pretty good too. Oh, I could go on forever with those. I know you could. Yeah, it, but at least the important thing is that we're all staying busy. Yep. Though it is rough when the owls go out of town because then there's not as much to do. So my days have mostly been sitting. When the owls take flight, one might say. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's keep moving, keep this train rolling. We've got a ton to talk about. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. We've got some all-star game stuff coming up. We've got the deadline coming up soon. Max got a little trade hypothetical scenarios for us in the second half of the show. So we're going to cover everything we can and have some fun with it. Uh, but just some quick news here. We probably won't spend too much time on all these topics, but some quick hits for you. Elurius Montero, uh, after being on the club for a month and playing in a ones of games, <laughs> is finally sent back to AAA after Chris Bryant came back off the paternity list, who is now a father to a pair of twins. And... Yeah, so Elihuris Montero didn't get as much playing time as I'm sure a lot of you hoped, uh, but finally sent back to AAA where he'll probably get some regular playing time. Thoughts on this really quick? Oh, I know Evan's got something to say about this. Yeah, I only complained about Elihuris Montero <laughs> not getting enough playing time for like three straight weeks here on the show, <laughs> but... I, it's for the best. It's it's so frustrating. When we had both C.J. Crone and Jose Iglesias out and still wouldn't give Elias Montero at-bats, I, I don't know what else you can possibly do. Like, they were in a, the Rockies were in an ideal situation to get their top prospect at-bats, and they didn't do it. And so now he can at least go and get regular at-bats down in Albuquerque even though he should be getting regular at-bats with the big league club. So the Rockies promoted Montero back up to the big league club on June 21st. So he spent almost a month with the team. He appeared in only seven games, started six, and he only got 22 plate appearances. That's criminal to me. It's it's absurd. It's absolutely ridiculous. And so at the very least now he can go back down and get regular at-bats to get his, his swing back into tune because I'm willing to bet it's going to take him a minute to get his timing back because he's just barely played. And and something I wanted to, to bring up, uh, I mentioned this on, on Twitter yesterday, the San Diego Padres, who we just finished a four-game series with, at the beginning of the series promoted one of their top prospects in Estiori Ruiz. Ruiz, since being called up, has started in every single game. And Montero, since we called him up on the 21st, played in seven. And that should tell you pretty much everything you need to know. Yeah. 
Well, my thing on that that I was thinking is there was a clear spot for that Padres prospect as an outfielder. Whereas with Montero, he's a corner infielder. Those two spots are pretty pretty taken care of. And and with Connor Joe as well, who kind of has some seniority over him, the, the hard part is there was just no clear spot for Montero at this moment. Which is But with how much thing. that they've been playing Joe in right or left field, there was a way to make space for Montero in the mm-hmm. lineup, either by putting him at first and putting CJ in at DH, but Charlie or Blackman was Ryan McMahon at third, <laughs> or just having him play it at, at DH. There were ways to get him regular playing time, and they just didn't do it. Yeah, but that is the problem, though, is there's so many guys that he could have filled in for that were still hitting, like Charlie Blackman and Crone, where, yeah, it would have been best to get Montero more playing time, but... I, I do understand what like that stuff Bud Black talked about that you guys talked about last week because I at least read the article and listened to you. Uh, is I understand the thing of getting him experience and like working defensively with the big league club, and I'm sure there's a ton of stuff Montero learned and improved on that we didn't see in game. But yeah, I do understand the frustrations of everybody. I'll definitely say that we saw his defense improve. Um, what few, what little playing time he did get, he played pretty solid defensively, and you could see that he's clearly been putting in the effort with the um, with the ground ball machine, like Brendan Rodgers yep. had been earlier this season. Yep, and actually that was something I was going to touch on. So like when I went to the park for the first time a few weeks ago, that was something that he was spending a lot of time doing was just out there before the game on the ground ball machine, working with uh, you know some of the athletic training staff and just getting his glove in order. I will say, and this is potentially a hot take, I don't think Montero should have ever been called up to the big leagues this season um, unless it was in a mm-hmm. exclusively full-time capacity. I I mm-hmm. agree with both of your points in the sense that if you're going to call up Montero, you have to play him. But I also agree that, like, just like Skyler was saying, like the way Charlie Blackman's been hitting recently, Connor Joe's always been pretty solid this season. C.J. Crone, when he has been able to play, not hurt by that you know hand thing he had for a hot second there has been the Rockies' best overall player this season. And Ryan McMahon, I think, is the only one of that sort of middle infield crop that you could potentially kind of move around. And even he, you know, has had these sort of streaks of, like, very cold and very hot and all that. So I totally agree that Montero should be playing every day if he's going to be a big league level. He's ready for it. But at the same time, in the current complexion of this team, I do think it's it is sort of hard to find him a spot. Could you admit... Like for you know games here and there, absolutely, of course you can. As a ma- as a manager of a major league baseball team, you can find a spot for anybody. Like you you can construct your lineup in such a way that you can find a spot for anybody. But I also think that like maybe this wasn't the most productive time for him to have been called up at all. You know what I'm, I mean? And mm-hmm. if you really just needed an extra bench middle infielder, or excuse me, corner infielder, shoot, maybe a guy like Colton Welker would have been a better pick for this because you know you wouldn't be as upset if Colton Welker wasn't getting these everyday at-bats. We'll talk about Colton here in just a second, but that's sort of where I'm at on Montero. No, definitely, and I think that's the thing is the Rockies kind of use, they've gotten to this weird thing where they use the big league club as another development stage team yep. where, no, it they're going to bring up their top prospect but not play him because he's just here to get that experience. Mm-hmm. So it's weird how they're running things nowadays, but no, I, I'm kind of in that same boat of, well, yeah, it was good to get him like that first taste back in April and whatnot for a bit when Chris Bryant was sidelined. 
yeah, there's no clear path for him. The guy like Montero where, no, this guy should be playing every day. Here's yeah. a clear spot. And I think it, uh, there's kind of a domino effect where if Jose Iglesias hadn't been, hasn't continued to hit as well as he has, you know, maybe there's an instance where come June, less time for Iglesias, maybe Rogers started playing more shortstop. You can move McMahon to second again. Montero then gets regular reps at third base. So there's a lot of what ifs and whatnot we can play. But if nothing else, hopefully Montero can take those steps, take what he's learned here at the big league, being around the guys and whatnot, and just start tearing up again down in Albuquerque. So then when he's ready to come up inevitably again, eventually they can find a spot for him or when somebody gets injured and whatnot, he can get a spot again. So hopefully they figure it out, but I um, we're, I think we're all in yep. that same boat. That's just frustrating how they have handled everything mm-hmm. with Montero. And I just feel like we're going to be stuck in this same situation again next year mm-hmm. because Charlie Blackman is still going to be on the team. Ryan McMahon is signed for six years. CJ Crone is um, still on the books for next year. Where are we going to play Elias Montero then? Mm-hmm. It's a big question mark. We've talked about it before. They backed themselves into a corner, and it's a weird one. But anyways, let's keep moving right along here. Uh, quick notes. Uh, you guys talked about how Ezekiel Tovar was going to be in the Futures game, but he's still nursing that groin injury. He was trying to get ready, but it's just not cooperating. So Ezekiel Tovar will not be in the Futures game uh, this coming Oh, mm. yeah, this coming week as it's happening. But unfortunate, but at least he got the first nomination. Zach Veen will still be participating. He's one of the highly anticipated bats to appear in it. But it's a shame for Tovar. And I'm sure you guys covered a lot about Tovar last week and everything. Um, keeping it moving along. Like Max said, we'll touch on this real quick. Colton Welker, after he was designated for assignment, was claimed by the San Francisco Giants, uh, who immediately put him on their, he was on their 40-man, they immediately moved him to the 60-man, or the 60-day IL. So he's getting that big league pay and service time, just not playing for the rest of the year. Thoughts on Colton Welker, once a highly tutored prospect, now will be in the same division with the San Francisco Giants. I think it's one of those things where we sort of talked about this right before we started recording too. He's one of those guys that's a fringe MLB player right now. And I mean, no disrespect. Welker obviously has been through it. Um, You know, he's had some injuries in his career. He obviously lost a lot of his, uh, you know, real career due to his suspension. And uh, I'll let Evan talk more about this, but I think Colton Welker specifically fits into the San Francisco organization better than he did with the Rockies. Does that necessarily mean he's going to be an impact player for them this season? Not necessarily. But for what their corner uh, infield situation looks like, from an organizational standpoint for San Francisco, it does make a bit more sense for him to be there than he would have been in Colorado. I'll let Evan kind of talk more on that right now. So in terms of where he fits in with the Giants, on their on the top 30 prospects, the Giants only have two corner infielders on the whole top 30, and neither of them are particularly close to being MLB-ready. Both of them are just in high A right now. It's Casey, 
Casey Schmidt, the third baseman, and then uh, Luis Toribio, who's a third base, first base. And with uh, Evan Longoria's contract is up at the end of next year, and they don't really have a ton of other corner infield depth and prospects right now. I think if Welker's ready to go next season, then he fits in with uh, with the Giants organization. But it's super duper frustrating because you know well Welker definitely has, as you said, been through it where he's he's really barely played the last two seasons um, in. 2021 and 2022 combined, he's only got like 50, 60 games total. And he, in 2021, made 19 games uh, last year with the Big League organization. And then this year only played 10 games with AAA Albuquerque after he missed most of training camp with that eye infection and then got shut down with the uh, labrum injury in his batting shoulder. And it, it's frustrating because Welker is, at the very least at the beginning of the season, was still a very highly promising prospect. He's only 24 years old. He's not a free agent until 2028. Um, we had him in our um, perps ranking and in the MLB pipeline rankings, like top 20, top 15. And there were other moves that could have been made for Jose Arrhenia to be added to the big league club other than designating Colton Welker for assignment. You've got Ashton Godot, who is struggling mightily down in AAA Albuquerque, who is on the 40-man roster. You've got Ty Block, who hasn't pitched since July 1st and is on the big league roster right now. There were other moves to be made that I think should have been made rather than let Colton Welker go for nothing. But... That's just where we're at right now, and all I can say is that I hope this doesn't come back to bite us. But there is a legitimate path for him to back to the big leagues with the Giants organization, and I do hope he gets there because I think he's an incredibly talented player. And unfortunately, I, I just really feel like he got the short end of the stick with us here. Yeah, it's just no one of those things if Montero wasn't doing as good as he is, and with Ryan McMahon, there would have been a place for Colton Welker. But he's out for the season and there's just really no place for him mm. on the Rockies team. What would have been nice is if they just traded him before he got injured and stuff, but well, we can say that about a lot of guys with the Rockies. But, yeah, it's been that same yeah. boat. Hopefully he doesn't come back to bite us. Hopefully it's not another Marco Scudero situation where he ends up winning the World Series with the Giants and scores the winning run Yeah, uh, whenever that is in the future. But best of luck to Colton Welker. We hardly knew you. <laughs> but anyways, we'll just keep this train moving right along. Uh, real quick, Jose Iglesias had a big series against the Padres. Seven hits, drove in 10 RBI during that series, including a career-high six RBI game. Uh, Jose Iglesias just keeps hitting, which has been his defining feature this season. And he's even started pulling out the pop, where now he's almost has the same amount of home runs. As Chris Bryant, they sort of are in a competition now <laughs> to see who can hit the most home runs this year. But I am starting to get worried that we're not going to trade Jose Iglesias. We probably won't. <laughs> which is something that this organization desperately needs to do, especially because he's having a hell of a July. In 12 games so far, he, he didn't miss as many games as, as were expected after that head and knee injury uh, sliding into home plate. 
Um, and so we've got this dude who, in 12 games the month of July, is slashing 340, 354, 553, with four doubles and two home runs, 12 RBIs, and he's hitting really well. And that's both good, because it increases his trade value, but bad, because it makes it more likely that the Rockies are going to hang on to him, especially with the fact that he's one of the few really, really solid away hitters on this roster where he leads the major league in away batting average with 363. He's got an away on base percentage of 394 and he's slugging 467 on the road uh, with 11 RBI and a home run. So it makes me worried because the team clearly really likes him and he's playing really well that they're going to hold on to him or do something foolish like extend him when Ezekiel Tovar is expected to be big league ready next year. Mm-hmm. And I I have ra- I have ragged on Jose Iglesias a lot. That's that's definitely for sure. But I I never wanted to I know you never want to see him get hurt and I'm really glad he's okay. That's excellent. And his his bat's been great this year. He has been as advertised at the plate. But his defense still is not that good. Um, on the broadcast yesterday, Drew and Huey were talking about, oh, his fielding percentage is, is so solid. But it's like fielding percentage only tells part of the story when it comes to defense. You're not looking at metrics like UZR or DRS, where Iglesias is pretty lacking, all things considered. Um, and it's... It's frustrating because I'm, on one hand, thrilled that he's doing so well, and on the other hand, starting to get worried that he's doing so well that the Rockies are going to hang on to him in a foolish bid to try and be competitive this year, when the best we can do going into the second half is being, what, two games below 500? Yeah, and and I think you're exactly right about basically everything you just said, honestly. But yeah, like, you know, it's interesting because, like you just said, there is not a better time than a right now before the free agents, uh, or rather before the trade season really starts to pick up, to get hot. And Jose is doing it at the perfect time to really skyrocket his trade value, just like you mentioned. But, like you said, like, I wonder if the, if the organization would just rather hang on to him in that you know try to get in and look like i you know appreciate them like thinking that they could compete but i also think you have to be realistic in a division that has the dodgers who are arguably the best team in baseball the giants are playing well the padres are very good and even right now the dimebacks are playing as good as the rockies depending on you know the weekend so the padres are really good except for when they're playing us at course other when they're playing at course field then they're the worst team in the league but other than that they are a pretty solid baseball team, and you know they're arguably not even at full strength for a playoff competitive team that needed some extra pop. And you told me that Garrett Hampson or Alan Trejo were going to hold down shortstop for the rest of the season. I would have no problem with that. None. Like you might lose that incredible batting at that, but you know both of those players are better defenders, respectfully, and they you know have their own parts of the game that they can bring to the table and even. Not this season, maybe not even next season. But what does twenty twenty four look like? What does twenty twenty five look like? You know what I mean? We see all these prospects 
that are in that single A, double A uh, area starting to come on up. And that's what I think you need to start preparing for rather than trying to get the big lead team across the finish line right now. So I totally agree with you. And I think that his trade stock will, will never be um, higher, but you know, yeah, you have to jump on it when the iron is hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's frustrating because like his teammates clearly really like Jose and he's been, he's been great for this team at the plate. But, you know, a a 32-year-old shortstop who's going to be 33 at the end of the season doesn't really have a fit in the future of this organization. He's on a one-year deal. There's literally no reason not to trade him. Yeah, and a a one-year deal looks great for that uh, potential trade opportunity as well. Like, you know, what's better than a a show-me deal that you can take on as a playoff contender? And if he shows up in the second half, okay, great, maybe you keep him around for another season or something. You know what I mean? Like, that's a very, very, uh, how do I say this? It's a very trade-friendly contract. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, the problem is I still don't know how good of a return you can get for a rental piece for half the season and whatnot. And just thinking that the Rockies, their mindset is to win as many games as possible. And, you know, Bill Schmidt said that, what, last month or something, where everybody wants us to be no sellers, but <clears throat> no recent indications are showing that they're probably not going to be big sellers at the deadline. And guys like Jose Iglesias, I feel like Bill Schmidt and the Rockies would view what he's doing now and thinking, oh, we can't lose that because we, we're trying to win as many games as possible, mm-hmm. which is very worrisome wording because it has no indication of we're trying to win the division or try to make it to the playoffs, just win as many games as possible with no real goal anymore for that <clears throat> so I could see them holding on to Iglesias just strictly for those reasons of he's hitting well we can't lose that offense because you know the other guys in our lineup or guys that would replace him aren't hitting that well either so we need him he's doing fine enough at shortstop that we can leave him there you know so I, I could see him holding on to him just strictly for those facts where they don't want to lose those pieces because they see them as valuable for winning as many games as possible, despite being nowhere close to making it to making it to the playoffs this year. They're a weird team. It turns out we love them, but they're weird. (laughs) And it's so frustrating because so earlier this week, um, Danielle Allen talk of, uh, of the Gazette, she had an article which quotes Bill Schmidt, saying basically the exact opposite of what I would want him to say. Uh, When asked if they would be big sellers at the deadline, Schmidt said, no, we'll see what happens. And, and was said about the, about the lineup currently. uh, I believe in these guys. We realize some of our young guys are coming in the, and are eventually going to help us. We have some guys here who are going to be with us going forward. People want us to trade guys, but the people they want us to trade are the guys that want to stay here. Mm-hmm. And that last part of that sentence is so worrying to me because like, it's great if Jose Iglesias wants to stay here, he's 32 and we have one of our top prospects and one of the best prospects in baseball <laughs> ready to hit the big leagues next year. Jose does not have a future with this team. And that is sad, but it's true. And, 
other guys who are who are on the trading block, like Alex Colomay. Alex Colomay is about to be 34 and is on a one-year deal. He does not have a future with this team. Uh, Daniel Bard might have a future with this team. They're, like we said, the Rockies are, are potentially in talks to extend him and maybe Chad Cool, but those are also guys who you could get some really solid returns for, or at least some, some decent returns for. Like Jose Iglesias, if you moved him to, say, the Yankees, who could use a, a upgrade for hitting at shortstop, <laughs> you could get at least a pitching prospect for him and improve the organization. And what especially bothers me about what Bill Schmidt said when it comes to that quote uh, is that the young guys are coming and are going to eventually help us is that some of the young guys are here and you didn't give them any playing time. Elias Montero was here. He was on the big league roster for a month and played seven games. And so if you're saying, oh, the young guys are coming and they're, they're eventually going to help us, is like, what are you going to do when the young guys are here and there's no space for them to play because you've held on to all these guys who are going to block them? What are you going to do if Ezekiel Tovar is here and he's ready and he's on the big league roster and he can't crack the lineup because you're still putting out Jose Iglesias every day? Indeed. <laughs> this is the hard questions. And I think, now going back to, to Bill Schmidt saying the, the let's see, you know, we all have mothers. We've all been in the store pleading with her, like, hey, can we get some ice cream? Or, like, driving home, hey, can we get McDonald's for dinner? And what do the parents say? We'll see what happens. And what does that usually mean? Absolutely no. nothing will happen. <laughs> well, and it's like, and there's even there's even other things that are, are not really being shined on right now. Um, so Chad Cool is doing pretty solid with the Rockies. He's on a one-year deal. But if he sticks around... What happens to, say, Carl Kaufman, one of our top current pitching prospects, who is a starting pitcher? He's a starting pitcher through and through. He spent almost no time in the bullpen. What happens to him if there's no space for him to try and crack the rotation? Same for Ryan Rawlison, who's expected to be healthy next year. What do you do with these guys if there's no room for movement? And if the Rockies did something even more so, like, say, hanging on to Jose Ureña for next year, just further roadblocking the the young prospects, where, what are you going to do? You're going to drag this guy who's been a starter for his entire career and has been being groomed as a starter in the Rockies organization and just <laughs> try and make him a bullpen pitcher? Yes. Or Ryan Rollison, who's been one of our top prospects for a while and is looking to finally be ready to play next year if he can stay healthy. And we're our, so much of our rotation is totally immovable. Herman is signed through 2024. Freeland is now signed for the long term. Sanzatela is signed for the long term. Gomber is under team control for a decent chunk of time, even though he is, is really not pitching well this season. And now you have the, the rumor that you know Chad Cool is interested in staying around. The Rockies might consider you know, extending him or bringing him back. And then they're just further lock jams, everything. And so the, the Rockies have this farm system that's getting better and better. And guys are starting to move their way up into the higher parts of this farm system. So like Tovar's in double a and he'll be in, in triple a soon. And Veen will, will very likely be in double a by the end of the season with how he's playing. And Kaufman is now in triple a and they've got nowhere to go. It's a dead end after AAA Albuquerque, 
because of how log jammed this lineup is and that the Rockies refuse to sell assets. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is refusing to sell assets because you look at successful teams like the Dodgers, heck, even the Padres. Well, yeah, they have some top prospects, but if they're in a win-now capacity, they ship off maybe some of those either minor league prospects or some of the big league guys to open up room. You know, the Rockies can't have it both ways. You can't hold on to these big league pieces and then expect your minor league guys to come up and immediately, you know, be expected to contribute and help you win games when there's no way to for them to play. And so, you know, if you keep Chad cool, well then maybe you start looking for a way to trade. Uh, no, looking for a way to trade Ryan Rollison then or Peter Lambert. You know, you get you can't keep hoarding everything you have and overvalue them. Like you got to start moving pieces at some end. Something's got to give eventually. Yeah, exactly. If you're not going to trade assets to make room for the minor leaguers, you can't have it both ways and then also hug your minor leaguers and prospects when there's no place for them to play. It just continues to self-perpetuate this logjam where nobody can do anything. Like if if you're if you're going to pretend like you're in win now mode, like the Rockies do for some reason, then you need to sell prospects and try and bolster that big league lineup to make a push. But there's no evidence that the Rockies are going to do anything like that. And even if they did, I don't think that's going to push this team over the top when they're still going to finish the first half of the season with a losing record. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. <laughs> I put in our, and I put in our notes uh, for those listening at home where they're talking about trying to extend guys and they probably won't do anything and there's no movement on things. It's just inserting that Grand Theft Auto meme. The guy like, oh, poop, here we here go we again. Here we go again. Uh, that's what it feels like every year now with the Rockies. Where it's that cycle we hear. Well, we like so-and-so. He wants to stay here. We'll try to extend him. And then everybody says, shouldn't you be trading him? And they say, but we like him and he wants to stay. And then it's hey, like in thing never happened. it's like in the the movie Little Big League, where the the kid has to make a tough decision. That's basically he has to take his favorite player off the roster due to performance. It's like you can't always make the happy decisions. You have to make tough decisions as a general manager and as a manager on a major league baseball team. And it's great that some guys like it here and want to stay here. I love that. I love that Chad Cool likes it here. I love that Jose Iglesias likes it here. But sometimes you've got to make the tough call for the betterment of the team. Mm-hmm. Hold me accountable here, but I believe last year's trade deadline, the Rockies were the only team to not make a move of any kind. Or at least certainly did not make well, a move. Michael move. Givens, that was it. Yeah, we I traded believe. Michael Givens to... Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Was it Cincinnati in exchange for Noah Davis and Case Williams? Okay. Um, getting back Case Williams, Got who it. the Rockies had drafted that uh, that offseason prior. We also so not exactly not exactly a fire sale. Yeah. Then we also bought Ashton Goodo again. Yes, <laughs> those were the big moves. Class. Who could forget that? <laughs> yep, that was the Rockies' big moves. Yeah, the Rockies of twenty twenty two. I know we got to take a break here, so I'll just finish this up right real quick. But like. The Rockies of 2022, in my mind, maybe controversially, are not a bad baseball mm. team. 
I think that they play in a brutally tough division. I think that they have guys that, despite playing in that division, are exceeding expectations. And I think that most of the guys that are exceeding expectations at this point in the season are veterans that have trade value. And I think that's good. And I think, you know, those deals for Colome and Iglesias and Crone, and, and I am in 100% agreement. I like all those guys. I've talked to some of those guys. Like, I really like having them here in Colorado. But for the betterment of the organization's future, you've got to make some moves to this, off, or this uh, trade deadline. It just has to happen. Yeah, and, like, if you want to keep one or two guys, like, that's totally fine. If you want to mm-hmm. keep Daniel Bard and CJ Crone, but trade Iglesias and Colomay and Cool, mm-hmm. fine, great. It's totally okay to want to hang on to one or two of those guys, especially guys like CJ Crone, who have been huge for the organization, and Daniel Bard, who's been really important for a very young bullpen. Totally understand that, but you can't keep everybody. Mm-hmm. Just because everybody wants to stay doesn't mean there's a possibility for them. And I just want to kind of close it out on this, and I kind of agree with Mac where, you know, this isn't a bad team. Like, on paper, that whole lineup should be good offensively. And you know, it's not necessarily all their failings. And we've talked about it before, and we won't harp on it right now. But, you know, it's not just the on-product, the on-field product. It's the stuff, like, behind the scenes in the front office that's in charge of, and staff in charge of, like, helping develop mm-hmm. and improve them. They're the ones mm-hmm. that have kind of failed this season and kind of put them in this weird situation where there's plenty of stuff that could be done or plenty of changes with certain coaching staff members and stuff with the front office that could have helped improve the Rockies this season, you know, maximize all those guys that we brought in, but they kind of failed and fell off the deep end this year. And that's stuff we've done time, time again. You know what would be really helpful to a team to help them fulfill their potential is an actual analytics department. Or one that doesn't get fired a couple months after he's hired. For unknown reasons. Or not Daryl Scott as a pitching coach. Indeed. (laughs) But, anywho, I think that's all we've got to say about trading and all that stuff at this moment same year different year same story for the rockies when it comes to the trade deadline unless they just pull an m night Shyamalan <laughs> on all of us and it ends up that it's the trees it was trees actually all the along. water that hurts the aliens as it turns out <laughs> <laughs> yeah that <one> too. <laughs> so they came to turns a planet out that's that 75 you like hot dogs in. don't oh, you dude let's not run down all the horrific twists in those movies they're all so bad <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. Uh, I think I hear Mac Wal- Mark Wahlberg knocking oh, on no. my door. So Not again. <laughs> Not again. Hey, let me in. Come on. Hey, let Come me in. Come on. i got to tell you about the Transformers. <laughs> go to break, please. <laughs> All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Affected by Altitude. Uh, thanks for sticking with us through that break. We've still got plenty to talk about here with my main homies here who have not seen Miss Marvel as of the time of this recording, so I won't <laughs> allude to the 
spoilers There's probably groundbreaking the like universe setting up stuff in there that I haven't gotten to. I know I'm terrible. Exactly. But have like, you enjoyed a delicious nickel nip? See, that's people are gonna know what that is and they're gonna think that this is like an R rated podcast now. <laughs> some some people are gonna know what that is. I'd be shocked. In the comments on the Effective by Altitude Twitter, let me know if you know what that is. Out yourself. I wanna and, know. And I'll I suppose I'll cover our bases. It's those little wax candy bottles that are filled with the candy slime. <laughs> They're shaped like so. They're shaped like soda bottles. You bite off the top, which is made Sounds of wax. So comment on. I'm dead serious. Comment on the affected by altitude Twitter if you knew what that was before Evan explained it. I desperately want they're to know. Good. I'm, I'm sure. Candy I'm sure. Slime. I don't know. There's something about peeling off <laughs> wax to me that I like. It's like you know those little mini cheeses from Baby Bell. Oh, those are gross too. You don't like cheese? I like cheese fine. I just don't like those little waxy, gross dudes. You're not supposed to eat the wax. You take it it's, off. It's just, no, it's a texture thing. I don't like it. Do you eat your baby bill cheese with <laughs> or without the skin? What are we talking about the second oh half here, Skylar? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this has already gone off the rails. That's for usual. But there's only one man who would dare get us back on track here. The one and only Chrome nice. Star. As it was announced earlier this week, I guess last Sunday, that the Rockies' lone representative for the All-Star Game, at the moment pending any other additions by the time this episode goes up, that C.J. Crone will be the Rockies' representative at the All-Star Game in Los Angeles this year after a phenomenal first half. One of the best hitters in baseball this season. Not even a fastball to the wrist could stop Mr. Crone Star from heading to his first All-Star Game in his nine-year career. And but you guys, we're all just very happy for Mr. Crone here. Yeah, I think it's an awesome achievement for CJ, obviously. He's been the Rockies' best player this year. We all know that. Um, but, you know, especially the opportunity that he has gotten, you know, because he's been around this, the, the league for a while. Like you said, it's his ninth year in the big leagues. He's kind of hopped around to a couple different teams and I don't think he's really ever had the opportunity to really establish himself as a plus player on any of them until he stopped into Colorado. He had a very nice year last year, was rewarded with that two-year contract contract extension, and now in the first year of that extension to get an all-star nomination and you know to get to perform on that stage is an awesome, you know, it, it's a great way of really making it known to the national audience that like there is talent in obviously CJ Chrome, but also on the Rockies. Like we kind of talked about in the first half, like I know every single player gets, you know, or rather I know every single team gets one nominee to the all-star team. We all know that. But I also think that if Paul Goldschmidt was not having the season that he is, there's a very good chance that CJ Crone could have been starting at first base. And I, and I really mean that. So it's awesome recognition for CJ. I'm, I'm over the moon for him and I'm, Really happy for Rockies fans as well. Yeah. First time All-Star, 32 years old. I am 100% on board for it. I, you know, liked C.J. Crone for a long, long time. I think he, especially in his last couple seasons where he wasn't really able to stay healthy, 
I think, made it really hard for him in Detroit and, uh, you know, parts of his time in Los Angeles and, and the the most games he had ever played prior to last year uh, with us was with his one season stint in Tampa where he played 140 games. And this season, he's he had played, until his wrist injury, he had played literally every single game. So he's already played in 87 games this, this year. He's playing every day. He's contributing every day. He's one of our best players at the bat, if not the best player, by both metrics of uh, wins above replacement, both F-War and R-War. He is our best player, and it's not particularly close. Uh, by F-War, he's got 2.2. By R-War, he's got 2.7. And the next man up on both of those is going to be Brendan Rodgers, who are War 2. And then in F-War, it's Ryan McMahon with 1.5. Where offensively, by wins above replacement, he is not even, not even close in, in F-War. Where by, by Fangraph's metrics, Ryan McMahon has negative 2.9 offensive war. And CJ Crone has 14. Woo! <laughs> so it's like no, it, it, he he's oh, he's played it. He's earned it. He's been so good, and mm-hmm. he's been a big boost in both the clubhouse and on the field. He plays great first base defense. He he does absolutely everything that we need him to do. And I can't think of a more deserving position player on this lineup to be our representative to the All Star game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, just to put it out there. He does need to improve his road numbers, but hey, what hmm. Rocky doesn't, yeah. aside from True. Jose Iglesias. Just, uh, just, but, yeah. just don't look at those road splits. Yeah, but hey, he takes advantage of Coors Field, one of the best Coors Field hitters that we've had in some time, aside from the regular superstars that we shall not name. But you know, no, it's he's very deserving, and it's been nice. And no... The Rockies love having him. He loves being here. I think that's a nice thing. Is he wanted to come to Colorado for that opportunity? No, and in, in no, we don't hear from CJ much. Uh, he's kind of a soft-spoken guy. Kind of keeps to himself, or he's really quiet. But he will at times come out and talk about, or we'll hear about what he does with the clubhouse. You know, always cracking jokes, trying to keep things a little bit loose. You no, know, and, and having fun. You no, know, and he he just seems like a really super nice dude, who. No, is a hard worker, and he's very well-deserving. It's nice to see him finally get that recognition after all these years, because he finally has an opportunity, whereas like with, no, in Los Angeles, he was behind behind Albert Pujols a lot of the time. So that ate into his time at first base and having to DH, and he put up plenty of good seasons, even with Minnesota or Tampa Bay where they still only wanted him for one year. So the Rockies finally put some faith in him, gets his first, that's what's crazy, is his first multi-year deal came with the Rockies. That is crazy. And he's make he's making the most of it here in this first season as an all-star, immediate returns on that gamble of a minor league deal. So we all hate to say it, but way to go, Jeff Breidich, for signing <laughs> C.J. Crone. Yeah, we signed him on a minor league deal, and he's paid dividends. And even his two-year deal that he's on right now is incredibly team-friendly. Yes, 
feel so dirty <laughs> saying that though. <laughs> but yeah, we love we love CJ, and I am I am so happy to have him here. And even if maybe the best thing for the Rockies to do would be to to trade him later on um, at the deadline or something like that, which I don't think they do. Um, he's one of those guys where it's like if you got to hold on to one of these guys, CJ's that guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even if you lose him, like he is a backbone of the offense this year. You take him away, you're taking away nearly like at least a third of the Rockies' home runs yep. this year. Which, mm-hmm. ooh, not good. But he's just where everybody else has struggled offensively this year, he just kept rolling. And, like, he's had his stints, but for the most part, he's been very strong this year in, like, top 10 in most offensive categories. No, this year even top two, top five in a lot of them. So the only regret I have is that MLB is run by a bunch of cowards and they didn't put him in the home run derby because they they had to go for the star appeal of Juan (laughs) Soto and – Pete Alonzo and Albert Pujols. Cowards. 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 How dare they go for bona fide <laughs> sluggers instead of CJ Crow? <laughs> next year, man. Next year. Well, and even like he, he's got a he, his batting average is a career high right now. He's hitting two ninety six, which is mm-hmm. so both of his career high batting average years have come with Colorado two eighty one last year, two ninety six this year. And he's not that far out of the top 10 for batting average in the National League. So number 10 currently is Gavin Lux with 299. And, you know, CJ's got 296. It's not impossible for him to be still in the conversation for the batting title later on down the line. I mean, currently it looks like Paul Goldschmidt's going to be that front runner. He's hitting 331 right now, which is preposterous. But... The fact that you can even have him still in that conversation is such a big thing. Top in the league in um, slugging percentage. He's top of the league in on-base plus slugging. And he's he's just been constantly on. And it's like even when he's had like some slumps, they are there are more slumps where he's not he's still getting hits, he's still getting on base, he's just not necessarily hitting home runs for a small stretch of time. And he's still got twenty home runs on the season. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations to old CJ Crone. He began the season as Crone Saw, and he is now Crone Star for the rest of the season. To me, at the <laughs> at the most. So, hopefully, we'll see him get some action at the All Star Game, and maybe get in, hit a home run, do something, get some time there, and then finish off with a strong second half if he sticks with the team, which, like you said, I don't think the Rockies would trade Crone at the moment. But hey, congratulations to him. We're happy for him. Uh, makes my t-shirt purchase well worthwhile and whatnot. And a reminder, if you are interested in in a special CJ Crone-inspired shirt, uh, be sure to look on Purple Row when we partnered with uh, Breaking Tea for the Crone Zone uh, purple t-shirt nice you can look online for that and get some uh, chrome merch that you may not get otherwise you have you to it's critical in. always good old Jonathan Jonathan <laughs> indeed or that moment in the Padres game where you had 
some crone on crone action talking to each other. <laughs> Interesting stuff. <laughs> the ultimate crone zone. That's right. Denver. The proper crone zone is at first base. Earlier so. this week. Indeed. None of this random exactly. E at the end of your name. Even That's only half of his name, too. He's exactly. It makes no sense. So, Cronenworth zone doesn't work. Yeah, C-R-O-N-E is like crone, like a mountain hag witch. That's crony. He's the minion of somebody else. He's not the main crone. This has become a linguistics discussion. He's not the cream of the crop. There it is. I'm always down for a Macho Man reference. cream rises to the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) moving right along is... Macho Man Randy Savage rises from the grave to be with us. Uh, we're going to hand, speaking of wrestling, hey, we're going to hand this nice. over to Mac for a little, he's got a couple of little trade scenarios here that he wants to run by us. And I guess Matt, Evan and I will put on our little GM right. hats and I'll see what we can do here. So I'll hand it off to Mac here. Yeah, brother. So let me first and foremost say that I have never been, nor will I ever be, a Major League Baseball general manager because I think you guys are going to raise some eyebrows at a couple of these. But I've got three trades, three potential trades I sort of alluded to in the first half. I'm going to see if any of you guys are willing to make a deal. So the three trades I've established, like I said, they're all in the mentality of the Rockies being sellers at the deadline, trying to get some minor league depth back and restock. Uh, they're going to be trading some pieces to three teams that are potential contenders for the playoffs this season and trying to address spots that the contenders could use some help in while establishing um, and sort of reinvigorating some spots for the Rockies minor league system. So I want to hear if you guys want to make a deal or no deal on these three trades. The first one is trade number one. This is a trade between the Rockies and the Yankees in this trade. The Yankees obviously have a big hole in their lineup in the form of Joey Gallo. He's really had a rough season for them. And so in addition to getting a power bat to help them out in their lineup, they also, as you know, every contender could use another bullpen arm, we also address that. And they also get a prospect from the Rockies so that the Rockies can hopefully receive a prospect from them. So trade number one is the Yankees receive first baseman C.J. Crone. Right-handed pitcher Alex Colomay and prospect outfielder Ryan Valade. Those three players head over to New York, and in return, the Rockies receive the number three New York Yankees prospect outfielder Jason Dominguez. And by the way, if uh, you guys have any heads up on if I pronounce any of these other names wrong, please let me know. So, trade number one, the Rockies get back the number three New York Yankee prospect Jason Dominguez, who is just 19 years old. He's hitting an A right now, but so far he's got a slash line at 267, 376, 443 with nine home runs and 36 RBI at the A level. Evan, you down with this trade or nah? And tell me why. Hmm. Okay. Well, it's not an immediate no. It's better than I thought I was going to do. It's not an immediate no, but for trading CJ Crone and Alex Colomay and Ryan Valade and only getting the one prospect, and granted, uh, Jason Dominguez is the the number three overall prospect in the organization by MLB Pipeline. Um, 
it's a little difficult because some of the expectations for Dominguez have cooled a little bit, but he's got fabulous speed and his power tool is growing. Mm. Mm. I'd say yes, if we were able to maybe throw in a pitching prospect from lower down in their farm system. Like maybe Justin Lang or somebody like that who... No relation. No relation. He has an E at the end. Um, right. Who's their oh, number okay. 22 sure. uh, right-handed pitching pro- prospect who's playing uh, rookie ball right now. Just to maybe even things out a little bit. But I, but I wouldn't immediately okay. say no. All right, reasonable, reasonable. So you're down to make the trade with a little bit of extra of uh, compensation for the Rockies. What do you say to this one, Skyler? Uh, my initial is rejection, but willing to discuss more. Kind of with same thing as Evan. Of you know, those three guys. Yeah, one of them's got another year on their contract. One's on an expiring deal. The other one's a prospect. You know, just for the one guy, I would need maybe a little bit more. Or something mm-hmm. just because I think Crone adds a little bit more value to that and whatnot. So my initial action is no, but maybe okay. we'll discuss it a little bit more. Okay, I can or dig I'd it. Swap out, <laughs> swap out like CJ Crone for Jose Iglesias, and then swap out Dominguez for something else for like for like okay. Evan said some pitching. Yeah, like if you if you made sure. it so it was Iglesias. Colome and Valade, and I'm I'm definitely down to trade Valade. He just I like Ryan Valade a lot, but he doesn't really fit into the future of the organization right now. That's and maybe exactly where I was roll at. down a little bit to maybe like bottom fifteen of their prospect ranking and pick a couple pitchers out of the mix. Um or or something like that, or or maybe even a second baseman. Uh, you got a lefty in TJ Sakena. You got Justin Lang. Um, you could even, if you wanted an outfielder, even though I don't think the Rockies need an outfielder, Estevan Floreal is down um, at sort of the bottom of their rankings right now, and he's a Triple A player at this time. So maybe make our upper parts of the farm system a little bit stronger. But I think it's I think it's much trickier if you're including Crone and only asking for the one guy in return. Yeah, you could like mess around and like take out Crone. I think that's the piece that I'm most hesitant with taking out Crone. No one maybe subbing. No, another outfielder maybe they get Jonathan Daza and the Yankees need a center fielder or you know Randall Grichik something like that. I thought about switching out Crone for Grichik because specifically Gallo. Spend some time either as a DH or as a um, outfielder, and so it does make sense to go Grichik in there. I was thinking about doing Grichik, but I thought CJ Crone's trade value might be a touch higher mm-hmm. these days. Um, but that's reasonable. Or we'll take okay. Gallo and then immediately ship off Gallo somewhere else in a little bit of a three-player mm-hmm. trade, three-team trade, or something. There you go. Yeah, I didn't do any three-team trades because I was too confusing. And I got scared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I got intimidated. But okay, cool, cool. I can dig that. All right, let's get into our next one. 
Okay, so continuing on with our trades. This one is going to another AL East contender. This one, the, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the Blue Jays have had some injuries to their starting rotation. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi not um, pitching the way they'd like him to. Hyunjin Ryu is done for the season. They really need some help on the pitching side of things. And so that's what I've considered for this uh, trade. So in this idea, the Blue Jays will trade... Or rather, sorry, the Blue Jays will receive... Uh, right-handed pitcher Chad Cool, right-handed pitcher Daniel Bard, and cash considerations. So they get a starter, they get a bullpen arm, because again, every single contender ever needs a bullpen arm. And they get some cash considerations, just as an extra little X factor thrown in there. Then the Rockies will get back, and correct me on some of these pronunciations if I'm wrong here, but the Rockies get back a couple of right-handed pitching arms uh, prospects from the Toronto organization. That was our... Uh, right-hander Sam Roberts, or Roberse, number seven uh, Toronto uh, prospect per MLB pipeline. So far thrown uh, 73 innings pitched to a 308 average and 61 strikeouts in uh, high A. And then he also will go with his teammate, which is Chad Dallas, number 22 on their list of prospects. 50 innings pitched, 4.68 earned run average with 48 strikeouts, again, also in high A. So, Sam Riberse and Chad Dallas heading over to Colorado for Chad Cool, Daniel Bard, and cash considerations. What do you guys make of this one? Um, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> no, I think I'd be more inclined to accept it. Maybe I'd adjust with the cash considerations thing. Um, mm -hmm. Because whatnot, or whether swap out a player for the cash considerations or see if they'd be maybe take on one of their one of their lower performing players that they'd want to swap out mm -hmm. maybe they have a big league one of their big league relievers that they just kind of need to swap out or something uh but no i'd be more inclined to accept that from them as is maybe with okay. some little adjustments but as you're presenting it i wouldn't say no i, I think i'd accept that dig it I'm also Evan? inclined to accept that one. I like uh, Simmerberis, Riberse, however you pronounce that. So he's Dutch, um, yeah, which is okay. hence the name. That's why. But I, I do not hate this deal. Um, he's got a plus fastball, a plus curveball, and a plus slider. Uh, overall future value via MLB pipeline of 45, not bad. Uh, he's only 20 years old, and he's still sort of uh, developing yep. here. Um, just right now in a high A ball with the Vancouver Canadians, I've seen him pitch a little bit. He is, is really interesting. I think you could definitely, like Skyler said, adjust and maybe change around who that second player is. I think if the, if the Rockies included, um, cash or something like that, like Skyler said, maybe get an, another major league player or something like that. Uh, it clicked in my head how funny it would be to bring back Ramel Tapia. Um, but no, I am, I am much more inclined to agree with that, with that deal. Okay, cool. So this one's a lot more, um, fair for the Rockies. You guys think in relation to the first one, I would say so, especially because Chad cools on a one year deal and we don't know what his future is. And Daniel Bard is also right nearing the end of his contract, but we've already talked about extending him. Bard has been one of the best closers in, in baseball this year, surprisingly, uh, has one of the best save percentages, has one of the best ERAs, 
and I think for a team that's in need of of pitching, they need the the Blue Jays need the relief a little bit less. They've got Jordan Romano, who's also a very very talented closer, um, but I think throwing him in to bolster that bullpen along with Chad Cool and and the cash considerations to sort of sweeten the pot, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, or, or if okay. like one of Toronto's left-handed relievers they've got on their 40-man somewhere. No, maybe even like a Ryan Baruki, whatever his name is. Okay. Maybe one of those left-handers so we can just add to that pool of left-handers that we need. Yeah, because the Rockies have always been really Dig short it. on short on lefties. Though, yeah. another thing that you could do is if you wanted to up what the Rockies are contributing, you could make a reasonable push for the Blue Jays' number three overall prospect, left-handed pitcher Ricky Tiedemann who has a plus-plus fastball, plus slider, plus changeup, plus control, and is a 55 future value. Hmm. Nice. I like that. Okay. So that's a bit more positive on return there for the Rockies. And then for our final trade here, um, the Brewers need some impact bats. Their pitching rotation and their pitching staff in general is one of the best in the game this year. But Milwaukee's lineup is not quite the um, top-tier offensive unit that maybe like the Dodgers or another contending team like that are. They really need that middle-of-the-order impact bat, and they could use some outfield help as well. So this one is going to be going to the Brewers, and we've got in this package shortstop Jose Iglesias, outfielder Sam Hilliard, and a prospect from the Rockies, outfielder Yankel Fernandez, number 16, on the prospect list for Colorado. Some insight into him. Fernandez has hit 257, 329, 472 with 11 homers and 53 runs batted in at A level baseball. I love Yankeel Fernandez. I am already. Yeah. <laughs> in return, the Rockies receive catcher Jefferson Cairo, who is the number six Milwaukee prospect. Quick info on Jefferson. He is hitting. 254, 325, 387 with six home runs and 33 runs batted in at A ball. They also receive righty Dylan File, who is the number 24 Milwaukee prospect. He's got 80 and a third innings pitched to a 448 earned run average and 65 strikeouts in their Triple A baseball team and a player to be named later. So I figured this one can kind of be one of those that you stick a low level prospect in. Um, you know, maybe just somebody that's just outside or just barely on the top 30 for the Brewers. I'll start with you this time, Evan, because I know you've one, got some feelings like Yankel. I'm going to turn this one down. Where are you at on this trade? I think Yankel yeah, Fernandez, up. with what we have seen out of him these last two seasons, especially this year, is going to be much better than expected and I think is going to be much better than that return that's being suggested. You know, Fernandez has been fantastic this year. He's a, he's absolutely fun to watch. He can demolish the ball. He's got decent speed. Um, if you look at his MLB pipeline rankings, they've got him currently with a plus hit plus power and plus arm, but he is he's a better power hitter than he's given credit for. He's also a lefty bat, which the Rockies could always use more of. Um, yeah, I'm going to say no to this just for the uh, inclusion of Yankel Fernandez. He is somebody that I would definitely want to keep and keep trying to develop. His expected um, 
date to join the majors is going to be 2025, where that uh, log jam out in the outfield is hopefully going to be much, much resolved at that point. And he, I think, is is going to be an incredible asset. He's only 19 years old. He is hitting 257 in Fresno right now, which, yeah, could be higher. But he's got 11 home runs and 53 RBIs, 23 doubles, great doubles hitter, three triples. And he walks at a decent clip. He could definitely walk more. He's got a relatively high strikeout rate right now, um, 71. But he is a guy that is definitely going to keep developing, and I definitely want to hang on to. Okay. So Evan says no way on this trade. Skyler, what do you think about this? Um, I'm going to lean more towards accepting it. You're dead to me. Um, okay. <laughs> and I think more or less I would try to adjust. If we're giving up a top prospect and like Fernandez, you know, maybe try to get some big league, established big league talent ready to go. And that's kind of the hard part is do the Brewers have somebody – that we feel is ready to contribute for sure already in the big leagues. And you know, I think the Brewers are pretty well set on their pitching where they probably wouldn't move those as much at the big league level. So that would just be the mm-hmm. one hesitation is trying to you know, maximize that value and potential of Fernandez and for the things like Evan said, where he is young. But if there's somebody else who's willing to you know, give up or are ready to, to sell and we're wanting to to build up the big league level and find, you know, maybe a new lockdown reliever and then whatnot at the big league level or a starter, then I just need to make sure that's the deal. It's the player to be named late player to be named later with the Brewers end. That's kind of the hesitation for me. Um but I'm all for trading Hilliard and Iglesias though. Yeah. I so I, I'm, be, I'm for, there need to be some more discussion. I'm for trading Iglesias, definitely. Hilliard, I can definitely understand because we've got that outfield log jam right now. And I think he's got real potential yes. that maybe with a chain of change of scenery and more consistent playing time, he can develop into the guy that we all know he can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, okay. I, th- I think Fernandez is worth... It would just have to be the right deal of like big league talent if I'm giving away a top prospect like that to have some at least notable big league talent ready. Uh, the the one last thing I'll sure. say on this one is I don't love Jefferson Caro as an inclusion either just because uh, he's currently playing A ball and has a similar expected time to the majors as Drew Romo, and the Rockies are pretty set in Drew Romo if he continues to develop the way he has been for our catcher of the future. Okay. Yeah, that's reasonable. I was thinking about Romo, too, but uh, I figured, you know, catching depth is something the Rockies haven't really had ever, so yeah, I figured why having, not. having some more. But that is it. You no, know, even if they're just like a tuner, at least having backup catchers ready to go. Because then as they develop, you can always you know, trade him again or something like that. I still think Hunter Goodman can be an interesting guy, either behind the plate or, or moving around to other parts of the field. I'm 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 pretty high on Hunter Goodman. Okay. Trade Winton Bernard to somebody so they can use him. And so he can finally get his big league debut. There that I will agree with. There it is. So hey, three trades. I got one yes and I got two no's. I can live with that. That's a thirty three percent average and 
hitting 333 in the big leagues is pretty great. So thanks, y'all. That's all I got. Nice. Now, I have a trade for you. We trade Mac. What's up, brother? For Ryan Spielborgs. Oh, reasonable. Oh, done. <laughs> Send me. Do it. I I agree to the trade. <laughs> Mac waves. I'm his fine with that. Let's loss. do it. I feel like that works out better for Mac than it does for Spilly because now yeah, Mac's all of a sudden on a <laughs> on a broadcast. <laughs> yeah, let's make it happen. <laughs> that works. But cool. Well, thank you, Mac. It's always good. I'm not as knowledgeable about like minor leaguers and stuff, so that always same throws me for a loop of like, oh, I don't know value for those minor leaguers. Totally, I did do some research on this they one. Are a shot in the dark. Same with the draft. You just don't know what you're going to get for them. Oh, I love yep. talking minor leaguers, though. Yep. You go join that podcast, then. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to Pebble Report, by the way. And yes, we'll have lots have of a... lots of minor leagues, minor, potential minor leaguers to talk about this weekend for the Major League Baseball Amateur Draft here in this year of 2022. Uh, yes, both sir. Myself, myself and Matt yes, are sir. going to be helping with the coverage at www.purplerow.com. Make sure you keep up to date with us there for all of that. Rockies are drafting eighth in, uh, no, tenth in the first round, and then I believe we have a competitive balance pick at thirty-one. So we will have two day one picks. Well, we have the compensation Love pick. It. Oh, that'll make us three and then, won't it? Will. Yeah, we, so we have the compensation pick for Trevor Story and then the competitive balance pick as well. Beautiful. So Sunday is going to be busy, interesting. Busy, busy. Highly recommend that you hang out with us. And I feel Please bad do. for that compensation pick because he's going to be under a lot of scrutiny being what we get in place of Trevor Story. Yeah, there's no winning for him, unfortunately. Also so, true. Yeah, unfortunate for him, best of luck to whoever we draft. But specifically that pick, I just have some sympathy for because he's been put into an impossible situation that he's going to have to deal with during his career in the Rockies organization. That's, that's a fun note. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) let's get out of here. Well, we're going to let Mac get off to his busy, important guy things uh, to go replace Spilly. Oh, whatever. (laughs) Go back about our business sitting at home yeah before mac goes off and does important guy things how about he tells us where we can find him ridiculous you can find none of my important guy things anywhere because i don't do those but you can find me rambling on about nothing on twitter at cormac battle pro which is at c-o-r-m-a-c battle pro what about you evan uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Evan underscore Lang27. I would love to hear from you. I try and be pretty active on there. You can also hit us up at the official Affected by Altitude Twitter account, which is at Altitude Effect. And as always, you can find all of our work on purplerow.com. And Skyler, where can we find you at? Wherever the sun meets the horizon. Aww. Oh. Are you just going to try and come up with a new thing every week? Is this like yeah, a new he thing is. now? Yeah, Sure. Uh, <laughs> but you can also find me on Twitter at at sideline underscore crowd where I'll be just sharing memes. Mostly it's memes nowadays. And every once in a while Skyler's meme games is pretty top tier. Every once sharing in a while, memes, living dreams. Every once in a while I'll talk about the Rockies if I sit down and watch them. Uh, and <laughs> doing stuff for the Northern Colorado Owls. Uh, I'll be doing some whatever with them. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for articles there and 
every once in a while I'll broadcast a game. So fun stuff. But that's going to do it here for this edition. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, enjoy. Hopefully you enjoy the All-Star game, the festivities as they come. And as always, like Evan said, find us all of our up-to-date info on purplerow.com where there will be articles, uh, rock piles, all the coverage for the draft, and everything in between. So that'll do it here for this week. And until next time, be good people. Aww. Hit them with a Mac. Farewell. Farewell. <laughs> All right, let's try stop. Here we go.